Good morning. morning. Happy New Year. Year. It's great to see you guys. Man, what a blessing for us to be able to ring in the new year uh, in worship and opening the scriptures together. I'm so blessed. I'm I am looking forward to what God has for us as a church, for your families, for you in this coming year. Uh, Thank you for um, coming out this morning. A couple of quick announcements as we normally do before we jump into our special message this morning. Uh, So just this coming week, the office is closed through the week, but come Saturday, men, the guys' Bible studies are starting back up, and so uh, if you're able to join us on Saturday at 8 o'clock, we're going to be here, and we'd love to see you if you're able to come out. Also, next Sunday, we are starting a brand new series uh, through First Peter, and we entitled our series Sojourn, and I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm looking forward to uh, you know, walking through First Peter with you guys. I was talking with Jen earlier, and she was like, I wonder how long it's going to take us. I don't know, but we can take bets. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, I think it's going to be a great study through First Peter, and I really believe uh, that God will have a lot to say to us and where we're at, especially, you know, in this time and day. Uh, also, a reminder for the guys on Saturday, so next, next Saturday, the 14th, the men's fishing trip is happening. Um, and so uh, I'm not sure if signups are still being taken place or not. I don't see Josh. Uh, he's probably downstairs. But uh, I think there is a table downstairs. You can stop by the table and find out from Josh. And then something special, just uh, mark your calendars to look ahead. We'll have some more details coming up uh, in a couple next Sundays. But uh, two Sundays back-to-back on the 22nd and the 29th, and I'm not sure if we have a graphic for it yet, but we're going to be doing a special fundraiser for missions, and we're just calling it a Missions Mart. And basically, there'll be a number of items that the, the church has uh, accumulated uh, over time and just uh, looking to bless you and sell those things, uh, all for the purpose of raising funds for two special things. One is for Pastor Pascal and his family in Uganda. Uh, Pastor Pascal uh, recently planted a church last year, and uh, we as a church have come alongside them and their fellowship. Um, in the work that God is doing in Uganda. Uh, Pascal was a younger man that I met actually many years ago when myself and Pastor Kevin, uh, our previous assistant pastor, had a chance to go to Africa and we taught at a pastor's conference in Rwanda and Uganda and got to meet Pastor Pascal who was a Bible college student at that time. Uh, But God has raised him up and he's doing a great work. And so we want to come alongside and just uh, bless them in an extra way. And then also, uh, we want to come alongside our dear sister Lillian, who is in Haiti. Some of you guys might remember Lillian. She was here for a season. Um, powerful testimony. Uh, God worked in her life in an amazing way. Uh, she ended up giving her life to the Lord here. We had the privilege and honor of baptizing her. She was part of our fellowship. Uh, Last year, God opened the door for her to go back to Haiti, and if you've been watching the news, you know that uh, it is a very tough place to be. Uh, She plugged in with the local church there, uh, but has been struggling to, you know, find a job in these things and um, supporting her own kids and her own mother, and so we as a church family have been supporting her just to love on her. Um, these last couple of months since she left. And so we also wanted to just do a little bit extra uh, to come alongside our sister uh, who's there, okay? And so uh, those are the two 
outlets that God had laid upon our heart uh, to come alongside. And so we'll be doing that again the last two Sundays of January. And uh, anyways, just want to let you guys know. All right? All right, well, if you have your Bible with you this morning, let's turn to the book of Joshua. So we're going to be actually in the Old Testament, the book of Joshua. If you don't have a Bible, you guys know the routine. We'd love to let you borrow one. You can raise your hand real high, and the guys will be happy to let you borrow a Bible. By the way, just as a side plug, in this new year, I encourage you, if you haven't already uh, have or started a Bible reading program, uh, Version app is a great place to find one. There are many um, devotions there through the Bible series. Um, that's a great place to find various um, programs that you can go through. Uh, and so I just encourage you uh, to have one and commit to one. It's a great way to grow in our faith. The Bible says that, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And so just having a daily Bible reading is so important for us. But Joshua chapter 3 this morning, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 5. I entitled our message simply, A New Beginning 2023. All right. Joshua 3. If you're there, I invite you to stand with me, please, in honor of God and his word. We're told, then Joshua rose early in the morning and he set out from the Acacia Grove, came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel. They lodged there before they crossed over. And so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet, there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, verse 5, Sanctify yourselves or consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. All right, let's pause and we'll pray. Father, we thank you for this day and especially what this day represents. In so many ways, just a new beginning, a fresh start, a clean slate mercies, your mercies that are new every morning, Lord. And uh, Father, we thank you that we can and we should take time to uh, lift up Ebenezer stones in our heart, that we can look back and we, and we praise you and we thank you for your faithfulness all through 2022, through the highs and the lows, Lord, you're so good. But Father, yet at the same time, we also um, receive the encouragement of Paul that, that we, we, in many ways, want to, while we celebrate what you've done, we also want to forget those things that are behind and orient ourselves forward that we would 
look forward and that we would be running forward, upward and onward to the prize of Christ Jesus in our race of faith, Lord. And so we thank you. Father, we, we lift up uh, our church family. We pray for Nick this morning as he leaves this week to uh, Air Force Basic. We ask that you be with him and bless him and allow him to persevere through all of that. Be with Bob and the family and bless them. Father, for Anna who and Josh who are back in the hospital, Lord, we pray that you would encourage them this day and bring healing for Anna's body. Lord, for our dear sister, Zsa Zsa and Sean uh, Sean, as uh, today is a, a very special day of remembrance as Zsa uh, Zsa's husband passed away a year ago this day. Father, we pray that you comfort them, minister their hearts. Lord, may we as a church family come alongside and love and just be an extension of your grace and goodness and, and comfort to them. And Father, we give you our day. We give you uh, our lives afresh and anew. Spirit, speak to us, we pray. We love you, Jesus. And it's your name that we've come. Amen. 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 All right, take a moment, please. Say hello to someone. Wish somebody Happy New Year. I think of all the holidays, uh, New Year's Day is one of, one of my favorites, perhaps maybe my most favorite holiday. Even since I was a little kid, it was a holiday that I enjoyed. Mostly because, some of you guys know, I, I grew up here in Okinawa. My mom was Okinawan. And so what it meant for me was that I'd go to my grandparents' house and, uh, and we would get cold cash money from my Okinawan relatives. <laughs> Came, my cousin and I, and I would all line up and, uh, and just uh, stood like that. And our aunties and uncles and Oba and Oji would hand us what's called otoshidama. It's like these little envelopes and it had cash inside of it. Now... Uh, back in my day, the smallest uh, denomination uh, money, paper money, was 500 yen. Gohaku yen, it used to be a bill. Uh, they don't make that anymore, so that's what we usually got. Now, fast forward as an adult, I'm the one who's handing out the cash uh, to all of the kids, and the smallest bill now is 1,000 yen, right? So, but it's okay, I still, I still love New Year's. And all that it represents for me, at least, and maybe you, you can relate. I mean, I love the, the idea of just a fresh new start, a clean slate, uh, a brand new calendar to fill out. And as much as I, I try to use my iPad for notes and uh, apps and calendars and these things, I, I'm still a fan of a paper calendar. I'm still a fan of colored pens. Uh, you know, go to Daiso at the 100 yen store and I get, get my, my markers and my pen and I fill it all out and uh, it's still something that brings me, brings me joy. And I think just the start of something new, right? There's, there's, there's energy in that. It can be exciting or it can be energizing. And so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, 2023. You know, God has woven the theme of of new things uh, into his creation. And it is an integral part of the rhythm of, of our life. The ending of something, the ending of one thing and the beginning of another. I mean, even as we celebrated Christmas last week, the first advent, Jesus coming the first time, the first advent points us in many ways to the second advent, 
where Christ has promised he will come back again, his return. And in that promise, God includes a promise that he will make all things new. Because that's just the nature of God. He loves to do new things. God, in many ways, is into new things, right? A new work that God does in each of us. When we come to Christ, we're called uh, new creations. Um, As we pray, the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. And when the Lord comes back, we're told that we're going to have new bodies, Revelation 21 says there's going to be a a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, Revelation chapter 2 says that we're going to receive new names, which has always been a curious thing to me. And if you've been around church for a while, you already know that I've picked out my new name that I've submitted to the Lord. What is it? And you guys know what is it? Alejandro. Very good. It's just fun to say, right? Like Francisco. It's fun to say. Alejandro. God loves to do new things. Today we celebrate the the first day of a new year and hopefully with great expectation looking forward to what God has for us. And so we're here in Joshua chapter 3 and this is a passage that uh, I have returned to from time to time, especially when God is doing a new thing in my life and ministry here and um, even over the last 22 new years that we have Uh, celebrated as a church. There's been a few times where we've gone through this passage. And I think it's just, uh, it's very practical. There's a lot of instructives that we can learn from here. And so we we find ourselves uh, here in Joshua 3. We're told in verse 1 that Joshua rose early in the morning. He set out from the Acacia Grove and he came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel, and they lodged there right at the Jordan, before they crossed over. Now, at this time, as we join this passage, Joshua has taken the guidon, the mantle of leadership from Moses. Moses has died. He's passed away along with that first generation of the tribes of Israel that God delivered out of Egypt from bondage and slavery, as he was leading them through the wilderness to the promised land, that first generation has died, Moses along with them. Now, Joshua and Caleb were amongst that first generation, but uh, in God's grace, those two men would remain, and Joshua assumes command. He's going to finish the mission that Moses began to lead God's people over the Jordan into the promised land, the land of Canaan. Now, this is no small endeavor for Joshua. And there's been several times where we get the impression that Joshua, obedient to the Lord, and yet still with some reservation, perhaps even some fear, because God would encourage him multiple times, Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for I am with you. And so God would encourage Joshua and tell him, listen, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Now, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel at this time is in the millions. And they have been on the move through rough seasons of life for nearly 40 years. 
And so finally, after a whole generation has passed, their goal is in sight. It is a stone's throw away. God brought them to the bank and he had them camp before they crossed. And what did the Lord order for that day? It was a tactical, spiritual pause. And the Bible doesn't say, but I wonder what the atmosphere was like. I I wonder what the mindset, what the feelings were. I mean, what was the energy like? Was it nervousness? Was it fear? I mean, was there the sense of excitement that finally they're going to get to get over to where they've been waiting and longing and, and just suffering to get through? Excitement or fear, or maybe it's a mix. I am sure that it was not too unlike your own experience of moving to a new place that you've never been before. But with them, they didn't have uh, Facebook questions to ask about what lies ahead. Right? There's no uh, Canaan uh, Facebook group. For many of you that have moved here, I mean, what went through your own minds and hearts when you heard or you saw the paper, Okinawa, Japan? God had them camp for a few days before they would move forward. And I want to suggest to you that it wasn't just for packing and logistics and planning. It wasn't just the externals, but, but it was for a preparation of the soul and a preparation of the heart that needed to happen. And that's a good thing. <laughs> for us, 2023 is already upon us. It's day one. But I want to suggest to you and encourage you that the practice of making time and taking time, if we can call it this, for a tactical spiritual pause in our constant motion is a good practice. Just a great reminder for us that we need to make time and take time to rest and to reflect. So if you're taking note, that's our first point. Just simply that. This coming year, my challenge to you, as the Lord would challenge me, is to work in rhythms, schedule it if you need to, to make time and prioritize time, to rest and to reflect. When COVID hit in early 2020, for many, life slowed down like new phrases popped up, new, new words in our vocabulary that we never used before, right? Quarantine and ROM became part of our normal you know, vocabulary daily almost. And things for many people slowed down to one degree. For us here at church, and some of you remember and some of you have been around since then, things ramped up. Like we while we already had a live stream, one of the things that we tried to figure out was how could we 
simultaneously live stream two languages at the same time in English and Japanese. And that was a tough nut to crack, trying to figure all of that out. And then like many of you, then we're trying to figure out like how do we set up Zoom and what does that look like and record those meetings and then checking on people to make sure they were okay and making meals and bringing meals as people were getting sick. I mean, that didn't include when some of those times where people weren't allowed to shop out in town that we would meet people in parking lots with fresh produce. And I, I felt like, like a dealer. You know, their car was still running and we're smuggling <laughs> carrots and, uh, and cucumbers, you know, and, and baby food one time. And it was like, all right, go, you know. We're like, <laughs> we didn't want to get, you know, uh, in trouble. It was crazy. But it was during that season where God used my wife to, to teach me uh, the value of, of taking a day of rest and taking time to unplug and just relax and, and, and for the, our church staff as well. And God blessed us that year because I think every Monday, which Monday is our day off, every Monday in 2020 uh, from that spring through the summer was a beautiful day. And so we just went to the beach and just chilled. And it was good. Listen, God, God has not designed our bodies to run at full speed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You're, you and I are not robots. Now, I know many of you, you're hard charging and you get after it. I get it. God bless you. I marvel at your energy. But to sustain that pace is not healthy. And God himself included modeling rest in the rhythms of work, in the rhythms of life. And he modeled it for us, though he didn't need to, but on the seventh day, God rested. For six days when he worked, after each day he said this was good. But on the seventh day, the Bible says, and God sanctified it and he called it holy. The very first thing of all of creation that's called holy is rest. And we've said before, right? Sometimes the most holy thing that you and I can do is rest. And so my challenge to you in love is this year, work in rhythms to rest and reflect God's designed us for that. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God gave them a tactical spiritual pause and I, and I wonder what they were thinking. I wonder what their anticipation and expectations were as they're about to cross over. How are you feeling about this coming year? Again, I, I think we can relate to some of those feelings. Excited about the possibilities of what 2023 may bring. I imagine for some of you, you're, you're ready, you're, you're good, you're like happy that 2022 is done. That it's in the rear view. 
and that you're wanting, as I'm wanting, to make 2023 the best year that I can possibly make. The reality is for some of us, 2023 is going to be a hard year. It might even be the most challenging year you've ever experienced. And, and maybe even for some of you, you already know. You already know there's going to be some big challenges on the other side of this calendar chain, right? This date that we flipped over into that you already anticipate. You can already see there's already something on the calendar that's coming up. For some of you, it's a move. Maybe for some of you, it's you're retiring. For some of you, your family's going to grow or change. You know, Joshua and Caleb were two of the spies that had gone across into Canaan years earlier. And in many ways, Joshua and Caleb, they already knew what to expect. And Joshua follows the same pattern a little bit because chapter two is that he actually sends two spies over as well. And they went into a place called Jericho. They went to go check things out. But Joshua had a glimpse of what waited for them. And he knew that there was going to be battles to fight and giants to take down. And not everyone would be happy that this was about to happen. But Joshua also knew that God was faithful. Because when Joshua and Caleb had gone over with the 10 others, and they saw exactly what the 10 others saw, all 12 of them saw the same thing. When they come back, they all reported the same thing. There are giants in the land. This is difficult. 10 of the 12 would say, no way, Mose, right? <laughs> Joshua and Caleb said, mm, yes, there's giants in the land, but our God is bigger. And their report in Numbers 14, they say, we don't have to fear the people of the land. And then they have this interesting phrase. They said, for they are our bread. They are bread. The Lord is with us. We don't have to fear them. Not that it's going to be a piece of cake. But the idea that they would be sustained by the Lord. That they would grow. That they would be nurtured in this, in this battle. So Joshua knows what lies ahead. And he knows the truth. And though we didn't read it in verse 10... He encourages the people. The living God is with us. He is faithful. And so regardless of what 2023 may hold for you and for me, regardless of then what anxiousness or worry or whatever lies ahead, listen, God is with you and the Lord is faithful. And yes, there can be times where we're going to Feel the feeling of fear. I mean, Joshua had the feeling of fear. That's why the Lord would say to him several times, Joshua, don't be afraid. There's a difference between feeling fear and being fearful. 
And Joshua experienced fear at times, but he wasn't fearful because he remembered that God was faithful. And, and we get to remember the same thing. At the same time, though, listen, faith doesn't, and this is one of the things I love about that passage when they spied the land. They didn't come back and say, oh, these 10 guys, they're cracked. They don't know what they're talking about. It's not that they ignored what laid ahead. They didn't diminish what laid ahead. They acknowledged the challenge. They acknowledged the hardship. They acknowledged this is going to be a big battle. Right? They accepted reality. And so our faith doesn't diminish or ignore the, the challenges of our circumstances. We live in reality. That's hard. There's going to be some stuff that is hard. There's going to be some stuff that's going to challenge your faith. And so we don't diminish that. We don't um, ignore that. But, but rather what happens, faith allows us to see our circumstances in proper perspective. We get to focus on God. And so gang, in, in love, whatever you and I may be feeling about 2023, again, know this, God has promised to be with you. He is faithful. And it may be a challenging year, but you don't have to be afraid. And you can embrace whatever the Lord brings your way because God is faithful. We read, so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites who are carrying it, when you see that go down, he says, then you shall set out from your place and you get after it. Three days of waiting. And now the next step is given. All of that time, 40 years, they come to the, dress right to the banks. God says, let's take a pause, take a knee for a couple days. Wait. And then, here's the next step. When you see the ark move, the priests and those guys, when they grab that, then you just follow after. Have you found in your life that, that oftentimes God doesn't give you all of the steps ahead of time? That God doesn't give you the whole map and all of the plans? Right, for them, it was just do this and then do this. And then after you do that, you're going to do this next. I mean, the Lord often works that way. He just gives you and me the first step. Here's the first step. Let's be obedient with that. And when you're obedient and I'm obedient to that, whatever that might be in your life and mine, then God says, great, here's the next step. That's often how he builds our faith. And maybe you're wanting the whole roadmap and God says, no, I'm not going to give that to you yet. Be obedient to what I've given you already. And so we want to be faithful to that. That this coming year, you just keep it as simple as this, just be faithful to what God has given you. Be faithful with the first steps. Be faithful with what the Lord puts in front of you. And listen, I, I get it, it's hard at times. It can be challenging at times. 
Because I am, there's a part of my personality that I like to know what, what's the whole plan and play. There's a part of my personality that I like to be in control. When I'm at the house, I'll gather all the remotes and I just keep them right next to me and I guard them. <laughs> Here comes Ben or Christy. You know, what do you want to watch? I'll decide. My flesh loves that. Tell me everything, God. I want to know. You know, when I read accounts like this, sometimes I'll try to imagine myself in the story. And part of my imagination that if I'm in the story, one of the questions I'm asking is, how are we going to cross that Jordan? Okay, when the ark moves and we follow, I get it, but uh, where are the boats? Like, where are our water shoes? Are we, are we stand-up paddleboarding this thing? What, how are we going to cross this thing? Because I know a few combat engineers. Right? I, there's a few guys that are Army Corps engineers in our church, like, right? Like, I know, like, all of the Joshes know how to build in our church, right? You know, Nakasan, Tim... We can rally some guys. Sometimes we have CBs that come. They, they can get it done, right? What does it mean when you see the ark move, then you just follow after it? That's what it means. It's so simple. Yet they didn't have all the answers. And this ark is not Noah's ark. That would be good. Okay, we get on the boat. We get it. Right? This is the same arc, Raiders of the Lost Ark arc, right? Your face melts off like that arc, right? <laughs> Isn't it amazing, though, that the solution to the problem in many ways is just understood? It's not disclosed. It's almost like it's not even a factor. God just says, hey, listen, I'll take care of it. You just do your part, and I'll worry about my part. Right? They didn't have to figure that out. That wasn't their issue. They didn't have to engineer the whole thing. They didn't have to have all of the answers. They just needed to know what was their part. God says, follow, just follow. He'll take care of the rest. That was his issue to worry about. That was his issue to figure out. Their issue, their part was just just watch and see. And when God moves, you move. And, And the Lord works that way in our lives too, doesn't he? Listen, God knows the solution to the problems that lie ahead already. He already knows what he wants to do. We don't have to have everything figured out. We don't have to have all of the the, parts and pieces. In many ways, all we really need to do is just follow his instruction. What is the Lord saying to you? And have you and I been obedient to that? Again, look again. What was the instruction to the people? While they continued to wait, while they're waiting, God then said, be watching. While they're waiting, God said, be watching. So that when you see the ark move, then you move. How how many of you like waiting? Anybody like waiting? (laughs) Okay, you're all like me. Oh, one person likes waiting. I think waiting can be one of the most challenging parts for us. 
just to wait for the Lord to do something. And yet, God's form of waiting is still a work that God is doing in our hearts. And God's form of waiting for us isn't a passive waiting. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, didn't we? It's, it's an active waiting. It's a watchful waiting. It's an anticipatory waiting. And it's, an, and it's a waiting with expectation. See, waiting for God is both a, an active watching, but also a preparation, an active preparation that God is doing inside of us, preparing us for what's next. Again, their job, wait, rest, watch, and when God moves, you move, that's it. In the Ark of the Covenant, of course, it represented the presence of the Lord. It was a physical, tangible um, representation of where God would meet with the people. It's a very holy item to them. And so it was the idea that when the Lord's presence moved, then they were going to move. And it was a good practice. And it's a good practice for us too. For us to wait until God moves you. Allow the Lord to go ahead of you so that you and I can follow. This past year, we have been blessed to watch God move. Um, I, I lost count. I wanted to go back and count, but I'd say tens. I don't know if we hit the hundreds, but tens of people who made a public proclamation of their faith in Christ through salvation, being baptized. Our church has grown. I think the last count this year, we had 24 babies born this year in our church. People getting discipled, new folks coming in, PCS season. Folks that we've launched out and said, see you later to. You know, God's been at work. And, and we can be excited about that and rejoice in that. And, and God's been doing great things, I imagine, in your life, in your family, in your season of singleness, and the people around you. And, and, and it's great it's great to watch God at work, and it's so encouraging. But <laughs> there comes a time when you and I must set out from our place and go after what God has for you. Right? God does a work, but he invites us to be a part of that. And so when God said, listen, when I move, then you follow. Here's my part. Here's your part. And there's this wonderful dynamic between God working in you and with you and then you working out what God has worked in. Being obedient to that. So here's a challenge. Are you willing to take the next step, step of faith 
with God. That this year would be a year that you would step out in faith. To step out into things that you've never done before. To be stretched, to be grown. I mean, for some of you, that first step is just a step to salvation. Either here, you're watching online or downstairs. For others of us, it's a step of faith. And even if you've walked with the Lord for some years, you know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must believe that God is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And God is blessed and honored when you and I step out in faith. And so as the Lord challenged me this year, I want to challenge you, be praying about that. I love that phrase, that you shall set out from your place and go after it. To get out of your place of comfort, to get out of your place of convenience, and to trust God in a new way. Israel was about to follow the ark right into a river that scholars believe it was over a mile wide. It couldn't have been easy. They didn't know how, but it was going to be necessary. It was absolutely necessary for them if they were going to experience the fullness of what God had desired for them. The fulfillment of promise, and if we can even use the word destiny. Gang, I, I wonder that far too often for, for, for us that we settle for the shoreline. Right? We settle for safe. We, we settle for the shallow when God is calling us out into the deep. The writer of Hebrews gives a strong exhortation for us that therefore to leave the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ and let us move on to maturity. Let us move on to growing into perfection, Hebrews 6.1. Listen, it, it, it's not going to be easy, but it'll be the best thing that you ever do. And, and it's necessary for you and I to grow. So that's a question we need to ask ourselves. What will we do this year? Are we going to continue to play safe and stay in the shallow and stay in the shoreline? Or will you get up out of your place as God moves and go after it? I pray that we'll go after it. Verse 4, Joshua tells them, there shall be a space between you and the ark, though, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Don't come near it, so that you may know the way that you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And so God says, follow me, but don't follow too close. There needs to be this distance. Some, you know, the cubit was measured by tip of your fingers and the bottom of your elbow. So roughly about 100 yards. It's like those fire trucks or gas trucks, you know, they have like, keep your distance. And so God says, hey, keep your distance. Follow, but, but you need to back off a little. And I suggest to you for two reasons. We're not told why, 
Two reasons. One, it, it was to respect the holy nature of the presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant. There are several times where the Lord would say, you can come to the mountain, but don't too come too close. There's only people, certain people that are allowed into the Holy of Holies. And so God desired a reverence, a respect, and a, a godly fear of the people for the things of God. That's one. And secondly, I think practically, it would ensure that everyone had a clear view of the ark. You ever try to see something when a whole bunch of people are crowded? It's hard. But if you back up, usually you can get some field of visibility. All right, everyone get backed up, back up, and you can see. And so I think it was both spiritual and practical. The command is this. Let the Lord lead. Well, simple. Let the Lord lead. And don't run ahead of God. He tells them why. Because you haven't gone this way before. You don't know where you're going. You ever been somewhere, your kids, they get all excited and they just run ahead? You're like, where are you going? We're going this way. The Bible says you have not passed this way before. It was new territory. It was a new land. It was a new terrain. And God didn't want them to get lost. God didn't want them to run ahead. Now I have to confess to you, I, I understand and I've been guilty of running ahead of the Lord sometimes. Where I just got ahead of God in a decision or an action, a commitment, I didn't pray about it. I didn't really allow the Lord to lead. And I'm like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But also there's times where I've, I'm probably more guilty on the other side. I, I've just lagged a little too slow. And so there's this balance of following the Lord so we can see his leading, but not running ahead of him, but also not falling so far behind that we lose sight of the Lord. Of course, running ahead of God, I think the classic lesson we have in Scripture is Abraham and Sarah, or Abraham and Sarai. God promised them a son, but they didn't wait for the Lord's way. They decided, okay, well, that's what God said, so let's try our own way. And you guys know the account. They did. It was seemingly successful. It produced a son, but it wasn't what God wanted for them, and then that whole thing became a headache and a fiasco, created problems for a generation. See, when we run ahead of God, oh, we're capable of producing something in our flesh, but often it will bring problems and pain. Gang, we, we don't know what 2023 has for us. God knows, though. Right? God sees. And God sees what we can't see. The other day, I, I was flipping through some pictures. And uh, it was the end of 2019 into 2020. You guys remember how 2020 started? I do. Churches were using the play on words for 2020, right? 2020 vision. And we're going to be doing this. And we're going to be doing that. Nowhere in those plans and vision things that I hear, and we're, we're 
We're planning for a pandemic. Did anyone plan for a pandemic? Well, I suppose if you believe certain things, there were certain people that it was a plandemic. But for the majority of us, it, it, it sucker punched the world. And then all of the craziness that unfolded with that. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't plan for it. That wasn't in my plans. I had other plans. We had a number of weddings that we were planning to do, which still got done. They just got done different ways. <laughs> we had uh, graduations. And some of you had graduations planned, and that all got turned upside down. Vacations. I mean, all kinds of plans blew up that year. And yet through it all, we can trust that God knew that was going to happen and, and God had a plan. How about now today? We, we sit on day one of 2023. Who knows what this year has planned? Well, God does. <laughs> right? God does. Now, I still have plans. Uh, 2023 for my family is going to be a big year. My daughter's graduating college. We're planning to go planning to watch her walk and thank God I don't have to make a college payment anymore, right? Like, I'm planning to eat carne asada burritos in Southern California. Like, I have glorious plans. Um, my youngest is going to become a senior this year. That's a scary thought, but also exciting. Um, some of you guys know my son, my oldest son Noah got engaged. He's, he's planning a wedding. He's planning to get married this year. We're planning to go. I'm planning to officiate his wedding and eat carne asada burritos. We're planning, Lord willing, to stop and see some extended church family on the East Coast. We have plans. We all have plans. You have plans. Who knows what this year will bring? God knows. And because he knows, God says, hey, eyes on me. You haven't gone this way before. And so that we would know how we are to go, God says, don't run ahead of me. The Bible says in Proverbs, the the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps, Proverbs 16, 9. And then verse 5, we're told, Joshua says to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders amongst you. I love that verse. The Bible says that God does exceedingly above and beyond all that you and I could ask or think. And that is the nature of our God. He wants to bless you. And so Joshua tells them, sanctify yourselves. Now I do find it interesting that he didn't say, hey, sharpen your swords, because it's about to go down. (laughs) Right? He doesn't say, uh, let's get ready to rumble. But the instruction to them is, let's get our hearts right with God first. Uh, Another word is consecrate. It means to make holy, right? It means to be set apart. It's it's the same, you know, it's the idea of those special dishes that you pulled out during Thanksgiving and the holidays. And then they go back into the cupboard. To sanctify themselves meant that they were going to take time to do a spiritual inventory that what didn't belong, a spiritual house cleaning, if you will, 
to get right with the Lord, confess those things that aren't right, to receive forgiveness, to be cleansed in the Lord. For, for Okinawa and Japan and I imagine other Asian countries as well, New, New Year's often is the time for cleaning. I think for us as Americans, we usually have what we call spring cleaning, right? During the springtime we clean. But for Japan, it's New Year's. Like New Year's uh, is the time where they do a lot of the cleaning. It's appropriate for us. Here we're in Japan. Listen, God wants to do a new year cleaning of our hearts. And that we then again would take time to sanctify ourselves. In this tactical spiritual pause to rest and reflect and just reset, repent. Why? So that you and I could experience then the fullness of what God wants to bless us with. And we do that when we put away those things that hinder us. Confess them, repent of them, get, get rid of them. And how many of us allowed too many distractions to come into our, to build up in our lives over this past year? Right? We're not sensitive to the the Lord's voice is leading or sluggish to respond. The writer of Hebrews uses that imagery. Let's, let's lay aside every weight and every sin that easily ensnares us. Let us run the race that's set before us. And so in order for us to run that race well, we have to set aside the sins. And sin, sins are sins, right? Confess those sins. You know what they are. But weight, sometimes weights are harder to discern. Because sometimes weights can be a good thing. But if they stand in the way of what God wants for you, then a good thing's no longer a good thing. And maybe the Lord would say to you, listen, it's a good thing, but you need to set it aside for this season. Cut it out of your life. Because you won't run the way that I want you to run. How do we know? Well, we take time to rest evaluate, ask the Lord, God, where, where, where do things need to be dropped? What do I need to cut out this year? What do I need to back off from? What do I need to set down this year that I've carried last year so that I can move forward what you have for me? Church family, let's, let's take a tactical spiritual pause. Build that into the rhythms of your life this year. Take inventory. You guys know, right? Many years I worked retail. I learned a lot, I have PTSD from that season. And in retail, they, you know, every year they would do inventory. You go in the store, it's late at night, you're scanning all these things. They wanna know, what they call it shrinkage, right? What, what's missing? It's good for us, we wanna take inventory of our lives. Lord, where am I deficient? Where, where, where is there loss, Lord? In this past year, where, where haven't I grown and where should I grow? And so it's good for us. I'll give you one that the Lord gave me. You can share my conviction and spanking. Ready? Put our electronic devices down and away. Be present in the moment. Like be all there. I, I am and you are, if you're like me, we, we make horrible trades of mindless entertainment 
in exchange for meaningful engagement and you, that time's gone. Um, in college, Rebecca, she had this cool app where it rewarded her points when it was down. And so she'd get these points and then you could redeem those points for food. And so she'd get a free Chick-fil-A, which with food prices now, it's like $100, right? Or whatever it is. <laughs> I thought, that's a great app. I want that. I'll just, you know, buy a bunch of phones and leave them all off and I eat, you know, for... <laughs> Apparently you had to have an EDU, you know, a student account. But, but for Rebecca, she'd do that because she's like me. Food, food was a greater value <laughs> than Facebook or whatever these things are. Listen, gang, we don't need an app to experience the reward that God wants to give us of person-to-person interaction. Fellowship and conversation, that, that should be of greater value than scrolling. So I'll just close this with this. Mary and Martha hosted Jesus one day and we're told Mary was busy. And that wasn't necessarily a bad thing, that's just her personality. But in that moment, when Mary sat at his feet and Martha began to complain, Jesus says to Martha, and he had to get her attention, I imagine, right? He says her name twice. Martha, Martha, you are distracted by many things. Yet there's one thing that matters. And Mary, she's chosen the good part today, and it won't be taken from her. Okay, I, I imagine we can become like Martha's. We can get distracted by many things. And so my prayer for me and for you is that 2023, we wouldn't run ahead of God. We haven't gone this way before. And that we take a time just to sit and receive from the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word, your encouragement, your challenge. Thank you for the example of Joshua. And Father, I, I pray if there's things that we need to repent of, where we have run ahead of you, We've packed our schedules so tight there's no margin anymore. Lord, help us to be wise. We're asking you, God, to order our day and give us the priority. And Lord, even if there are things that we would consider good, if they're standing in the way of what you have for us, then Lord, even help us to be brave and bold to cut that out to leave that off the schedule so that in its place, Lord, that we can grow in our faith, that we would get up out of our place and get after it. But Lord, we wouldn't forfeit the fullness of all that you want for us in 2023. And the promise isn't that it's gonna be easy. The promise you give us is that you'll be with us through the battles and in the battles and in the giants that come our way. But Lord, thank you that you're bigger. And so Lord, we want to follow your lead. And we are excited for what you have for us in 2023. May we choose the better part in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Would you guys stand? We're going to close our morning and worship.